Are cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum crisis resistant? Why does Algorand invest 10 million US dollars in a new grants and an important price zone from Cardano that we'll have a look at this and more in the crypto market talk this week. Today we will of course discuss the entire Ukraine-Russia conflict together with Bitcoin and Ethereum. There are some very interesting things happening globally. Then we will have a quick look at Ethereum classing. It has been a while since we talked about this and at the end we will also discuss Polkadot as well as Algorand in general development. Now, of course, one of the most important charts of last week was this one. I apologize for the pixelated version, but essentially what we're seeing here is in light blue, we're seeing the gold price and in yellow or orange, we're seeing the Bitcoin price. Now, when the announcement or the news broke that Russia has invaded the Ukraine, we have seen here that the Bitcoin price has corrected very, very sharply. And in turn, the gold price has increased very, very sharply as well. However, within a couple of hours, we have seen kind of the reversal happening. So the Bitcoin price has recovered in a V-shape form, and we will see it in a few seconds in the chart itself, into its kind of usual price again, while the gold price has actually corrected quite strongly. Now that brings up the question, is Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies maybe the better investment in crisis situations? Now let's have a look at different news, of course, on one side, we have here millions in Bitcoin pouring into Ukraine from donors. So as of today, we are seeing about 13.7 million US dollars in equivalent through kind of coming through anonymous Bitcoin donations for Ukrainians. This is on one side, of course, for the Ukraine government, on the other side, of course, for other people kind of giving out their Bitcoin and Ethereum addresses. Kind of the images that we've seen from Ukraine at the beginning were, of course, that people are on one side fleeing from the cities and fleeing the country. On the other side, we've also seen people standing in queue to get their banks out. At, as of now, we are seeing about 3,300 US dollars of limit when it comes to kind of getting money from the bank in Ukraine. So essentially, you have this upper limit of 3.3K. And that essentially means that if you hold Bitcoin, you're much, much more flexible, of course, if you want to flee the country or if you want to keep your money for yourself, right? Um, similar images in Russia. So on one side, I've heard kind of the, the news that Russia has actually stopped the Moscow Stock Exchange this morning. So no kind of trading that goes on in Moscow. On the other side, you're seeing images like this. So a video of people standing in queue for the ATMs. So people are actually wanting to get money out of the system in Russia as well. And the main reason, of course, being this news here, kind of the main sanctions from the West against Russia. On one side, you have, of course, the uh, sanctions against the oligarchs and kind of the Vladimir Putin himself as well. But on the other side, you have, of course, sanctions such as removing Russia from the SWIFT system. Now, SWIFT in general is, of course, globally 
available almost to every country and that of course would mean that Russia's economy is at stake here so if you remove Russia from the SWIFT system you are calling into very big trouble on the other side is of course that the people in Russia are being hit by the economy crisis as well so that essentially means what are people going to do yes they are going to queue up and try to remove money from the banks as well so will we see a bank run in maybe Russia or even Ukraine that will be quite interesting to see. On the other side, we also can have a look at the cryptocurrency market in general. And we can see that people with cryptocurrencies or holding their own cryptocurrencies are much more flexible if they want to flee, if they want to kind of uh, go against the ruble crash that we're seeing in Russia right now. So the main question that people, especially in the cryptocurrency market, are asking themselves is, is Russia's removal from the SWIFT system maybe pushing them a bit too strongly in towards the Bitcoin system? Now, on one side, this is, of course, a possibility that Russia will switch to the Bitcoin settlement system, but I don't see kind of the counterparty there. So in, in, in essence, Russia will be more or less by themselves in global trade if they want to switch completely to Bitcoin. Or maybe they will force adoption on people, on their counterparties that will trade with them. On the other side, I'm seeing news, of course, that Russia is maybe kind of gearing towards switching to CIPS, so the Chinese equivalent of the SWIFT system and that that may be kind of a circumvention of the sanctions um, for Russia. So it will either be Bitcoin or a different SWIFT system. In any case, the economy in Russia might be hit very strongly. So it will be quite interesting to see how cryptocurrencies, but also other assets are behaving in a crisis time like this. I also heard that this morning that Russia and Ukraine are setting down to potentially discuss also peace talks and let's hope for the best there. If we have a look at the chart, we can see very clearly, and I've mentioned this last week, that this range might actually hold up. And what has happened is, and I put the big if there, that as long as Russia is not invading Ukraine, that the range will hold up. The counter example happened here, of course, Russia has invaded Ukraine and that, of course, um, caused the Bitcoin price to drop very sharply. What is very, very interesting, though, is that it, if, if we just ignore this drop here, we can almost see that the chart has just gone back to business as usual. So just within 24 hours, we've seen this V-shaped recovery of the Bitcoin price and the crypto market in general quite easily. Now, of course, we're not out of the woods yet, so it's very possible that other assets but as well as bitcoin will kind of drop very strongly here into different zones of course the 28k zone is still a very important zone especially if we zoom out here but for now i do think that this 33 to 32,000 us dollar line should hold up now, continuing, we can see this tweet very interestingly from the Ukrainian state, which said um, that stand with the people of Ukraine. They are also accepting Bitcoin, Ethereum and USDT. So a stable coin based on ERC-20, um, meaning that it's the Ethereum standard for the USDT, so the stablecoin. And one interesting thing here to note is that usually, or it can happen, that um, accounts like these can be hacked and that you just post some kind of address that points, of course, not to the Ukrainian state or the people, but generally to another wallet. So Vitalik Buterin, the founder of Ethereum, also kind of voiced his concerns here, saying that you have to be careful 
careful when it comes to these types of addresses. Make sure to double check them, make sure to wait for a confirmation from the Ukrainian state saying that these addresses are actually correct before just donating um, essentially irre irreversible transactions in form of cryptocurrency. It looks like these are the official addresses, so it's very possible that these addresses will be used by the Ukrainian state for kind of help and other things. So if people want to donate, they can use Bitcoin and Ethereum as well as USDT as well. Now, what has happened with the Ethereum price? Very, very similarly. So we've seen kind of this V-shape recovery, although kind of the recovery part on Ethereum took a little bit longer than it took with Bitcoin, especially if we zoom in here. So kind of the correction here was much, much greener in total when we compare it to the Ethereum uh, industry in general. Now, interestingly, of course, Ethereum is being backed by different industries such as NFTs and DeFi, but also NFTs have cool down a little bit so i would actually expect the, the ethereum price to increase or rather if the ethereum price increases the nft price will cool down a bit more now main story of the week last week besides of course the ukraine russia conflict is of course this news story and it came from laura shin um, in the forbes newspaper and very very interesting here in 2016, there was a very big DAO hack happening. So a couple of thousands of Ethereum were stolen and kind of the equivalent of 11 billion US dollars of Ether have been stolen since then. Now, back then, people in the Ethereum community have actually gathered around and decided to kind of roll back the situation and pay people back in this DAO hack to kind of uh, avoid any bigger reputation issues. What has um, happened since then is, of course, that there was a so-called hard fork. So the Ethereum Classic group is essentially the ideological group that says if a hack happens, you have to continue and live with it. So it doesn't make sense um, that you kind of roll back a blockchain, which essentially is reversible. And that has then caused kind of the Ethereum Classic people to kind of form their own var variation of Ethereum um, called Ethereum Classic. It has never really broken through though so essentially nfts DeFi, and all of these different industries were never really founded on ethereum classic but have always relied on the traditional ethereum network now in the news story it is actually uh, talking about toby hoenisch toby hoenisch especially in the german area of europe is very known as the founder of 10x a separate crypto project from singapore the article makes the point that toby hoenisch is the hacker behind the dao and essentially ran away with 11 billion us dollars of ether but of course it's just an article a news story no official confirmations from no one so it will be quite interesting to see whether on one side of course toby hoenisch will give a statement and on the other side the ethereum classic uh, price will be impacted now jumping into the Ethereum Classic price in general, what we can see here is that the correction, of course, after the invasion happened, then the article came out, we can see here, came out uh, February 22nd, right? So correction here, 
then kind of upwards movement, then very strong correction. And since then, it has again corrected down. So two V-shaped recoveries, again, uh, less than 24 hours for the recovery of Ethereum Classic. For me, not really an interesting investment. I mean, if you're really looking for a buy-in zone, maybe this zone could be interesting between 21 to 22 US dollars. But other than this, I don't think Ethereum Classic has a lot going for it besides the ideological idea that we are or the Ethereum Classic people are um, the, the keeper of the original idea of Ethereum. Besides that, I don't see kind of a major reason of switching to Ethereum Classic. Maybe the switch of proof of stake from proof of work could be interesting, especially if you're in the mining industry and have mining hardware, then maybe this could be interesting. But again, it's not very clear whether Ethereum Classic will switch from proof of work to proof of stake. Now, moving on, we can discuss also kind of what is happening in the Cardano ecosystem. Charles Hoskinson, which, by the way, is also Ethereum co-founder, but also Cardano co-founder, has given a statement saying that Africa will be the richest continent in um, 2050. And he's saying that mainly for with the idea that essentially Cardano and other cryptocurrency projects are giving um, the African continent some kind of uh, financial service uh, access so that especially the unbanked people have an option to essentially get into the financial system of the global world. Now, this, of course, could in, then in turn bring uh, especially Cardano and other cryptocurrencies onto the market, allowing essentially the unbanked group of people to really get into the financial services space. Now, this is not the only kind of positive news in the Cardano ecosystem. We can also see that up to 9,000 new wallets are being created every day in the Cardano ecosystem. Another kind of big milestone for Cardano and essentially it means that Cardano as an ecosystem is growing really, really nicely. And that in turn could mean that Cardano is becoming really what the idea of Cardano essentially is. The chart, however, looks really bad. If you remember, I've mentioned a couple of times this very, very important zone of around one US dollars that hasn't broken since a year. And even if it did break, it broke only for a very, very short time. Now, essentially, we're now at around 88 cents. And that essentially means that it did break successfully unfortunately from this one US dollar line and kind of gathered a bit more support here at around 85 to 88 US dollar cents and that essentially means that if you really believe in the Cardano ecosystem maybe now is an interesting time for me I'm still waiting on the sideline to kind of understand where Cardano as a whole as an ecosystem is going to be in the future. Jumping to Algorand, very interesting move from the new CEO, Stacey Warden. She said at the ETH Denver conference just a couple of weeks ago that Algorand will announce or has announced a new grant of about 10 million US dollars for the development and the compatibility into EVM. EVM stands for Ethereum Virtual Machine and essentially means that if you write a smart contract for the Ethereum ecosystem, you can use that same smart contract or that same decentralized application application on, for example, other EVM compatible blockchains, for example, such as Avalanche. So Avalanche has this EVM compatibility, Algorand does not. And essentially, they are looking to invest about 20 million US dollars into EVM compatibility, with starting with this 10 million US dollar grant for EVM. 
quite interesting. And we can see in the chart here, whereas Algorand um, has kept the zone, of course, Cardano has not. So a very, very similar image. So for one year, this zone of one US dollar in Cardano has not been broken. In Algorand's case, very similar with the 67 cent um, that has not been broken, even though we've had a very strong kind of crisis in the cryptocurrency space, as well as an invasion of Russia in Ukraine. So it looks like this 67 US dollar cent area is very, very interesting for Algorand investors. I think if they can really match this EVM compatibility in the space, then I do think this could become a new reality that Algorand is a very interesting alternative for especially uh, Ethereum interested people in general. Now, moving on, we can also talk about Polkadot. Very interesting here is that CoinShares, the CoinShares group, has produced or given out a new ETP, the so-called staked ETP product from Polkadot with the um, short ticker name of CDOT. Very interesting also is that the um, admin costs are set to zero. You can buy this thing on a Swiss code as well under CDOT again um, and it is listed on the Swiss exchange 6. Quite interesting because here in this case you essentially are buying a product which means staked Polkadot so you're also getting kind of staking rewards in this form of an ETP. Moving on, we can also see this interesting tweet from Gavin Wood, who is, of course, the founder of Polkadot and the previous co-founder of Ethereum. He is saying under the tweet of the Ukraine, which is saying Bitcoin address is this, Ethereum address is this, if you want to send Bitcoin, Ethereum or USDT. He's saying that if they post a dot, so a Polkadot address, he will personally contribute 5 million US dollars for the Ukraine. And that, of course, begs the question, why in this case has Ukraine not listed a Polkadot address or any kind of other cryptocurrency address and has gone with Bitcoin and Ethereum? It essentially means that these types of projects are more kind of um, are more globally accepted than, for example, Polkadot. And that, of course, again, begs the question, will Polkadot ever play in the same league as Bitcoin? and Ethereum. Looking at the chart, what we can see here, if we kind of remove this Fibonacci sequence, we can see the price is still clinging on to the trend line. Of course, it has been broken. And if you want, you can also remove the trend line and kind of go into other tools such as a Fibonacci sequence, which we can draw here. So for me, the very interesting area that I'm looking at is this 19.9 US dollar line. And that, of course, is a bit further away currently at around 17 US dollar price. So at the bottom, I would say about 10.3 US dollars could be interesting as an entry point if you're really kind of expecting the markets to be much, much more volatile. Maybe you can set some buy orders around here. Other than this, I would say if the whole market is turning bullish again, 19.9 could be an interesting zone. That is it from the Crypto Market Talk this week. Make sure to subscribe to this channel not to miss any other crypto news. I will see you on the next one. Take care.